The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Coors Light. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome along, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford in sunny Newcastle, northeast England. And as ever, for our Sunday night unpicking of what's gone on uh, during MLB over the weekend, is all the way down in Houston, Texas, uh, Moonaf Manji. Good evening, Moonaf. How are you? Good evening, sir. How are you? I know you said it's uh, sunny over there. It's been... Uh... Rain all across the states here, and especially down here in Houston, boy, it's been uh, raining, raining, and raining, and then raining again. So uh, I'm glad that you're at least enjoying the sun up there. Yeah, well, the northeast of England is not particularly uh, known for for the sun, but it's been a bank holiday weekend over here. Um, yeah. I think, do you have a holiday tomorrow? Is it Memorial Day? Yeah. Memorial Day, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah, so we have May Day, which is kind of a similar thing. But um, I went out yesterday with the boys. I haven't been out with the lads for since the original lockdown sort of last March. Um, mm. So it was the Champions League final last night and yeah. earlier on in the day was the championship playoff final as well. Yeah. So obviously we went out at 12 o'clock for an 8pm kickoff, nice and early. Um, but Newcastle's got a real nice crackle about it. It's a really vibrant town. Uh, yeah. And when the sun's out, mm. uh, and I think there was a little bit of, everyone was a bit stir crazy. They've been in the house for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, yesterday was a fun day. There was loads of people out in town and, we had far too many beers. Um, I've been a little bit delicate today, uh, but I've, I've pulled myself around Moon after just in time. Um, been catching up with the the live scores tonight. But like you said, the uh, there's been a whole load of rain outs. A lot of them got caught up yesterday. There was quite a lot of double headers yesterday. Yeah. Um, but we've had more rain again tonight. The Marlins, Red Sox, and the Braves and the Mets. Is this is this a seasonal thing or is this unusual? It almost seems like it's been like a lot more rain postponements and delays like this season. I don't know, maybe because of global warming. I don't know, but it's just <laughs> maybe hurricane season approaching. I don't know, but yeah, it seems like it's, it's been more, uh, more often than not with all these rain delays and stuff. So it really kind of hurts your handicapping because sometimes when you put in the effort for handicapping games and looking at things that, it gets postponed or delayed and then you play a double header, which is only seven innings the next day. And it may throw off lineups and things like that. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully yeah, it sort of la- lineups and bit. bullpen yeah. usage and things like that. So exactly. Um, Cause you lost, you lost both your picks this weekend, didn't you to the weather on Friday? Um, although the games did get played Saturday. So we kind of let yeah. the, let the pigs stand, but um it's uh, just quite unsatisfactory. And the Mets again have fallen foul. They had they had loads of games early in the season that were off for all manner of different reasons. Um, yeah, and they've lost their game today. So they've still only at this point played forty five games. Mm. 
Um, and I'm just looking around. The Padres have paid 54 now. Um, that's a big, that's a big swing. Like so, the the Mets will have to catch those games up at some point. I suppose though, it's benefited them with the the lineup that they're rolling out. Yeah, um, they're probably happy to give a chance to their guys to get fit. Yeah, and I think in the I don't know how it's going to play out for their to how they're going to make up the games. Whether it's going to be double headers with seven innings or trying to fit in full games when some of these teams have days off, or it'll be interesting to see how that happens. But yeah, like you said, with the Mets, it's going to be. Uh, I think it's good for them right now because of the lineup. They're kind of trouting out with injuries and things like that. So, um, you know, hopefully they're able to catch up on the number of games that they play uh, compared to some of the other teams, because like we talked about early in the season, they had those delays with, with snow and things like that. So we'll, we'll, we'll be monitoring that for sure for the Mets at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they had a huge win last night against the Braves. We talked that the, that series um, this weekend would, the Braves would really be hoping to put the squeeze on the Mets a little bit because the Mets did have this lead in that division, but it was possible that it was a maybe a bit of a fraudulent lead and um the Braves would be looking to to squeeze to squeeze the Mets this weekend with the with that lineup and the injury problems that New York have. But um they absolutely duffed them up last night, thirteen two. Yep. Um lost their game tonight due to the weather. Uh, and the game before that was the Friday night game. Oh, that was postponed was as well. Postponed also. So. Yeah. So kind of the metal. I think the Mets will be absolutely delighted with the uh, with the fact that they've played one game and managed to just open up that lead a little bit, a little bit further uh, over Atlanta. They're now twenty five and twenty with uh, the Braves at twenty four and twenty six. So quite a handy little advantage for them. The the Mets will be delighted with that. Yeah, and you know, I think like the Mets have been like that one team like that has suffered the most, right? With all these like postponements and delays. So it'll be interesting to see how it kind of ends up and how it either benefits them or if it's not to their advantage. So and like we talked about there, the the lineup that they've been cutting trotting out there has not been quality lineups it because of the, the injuries that they do have in their lineup. So, you know, I think it's just buying them more time to get their guys back healthy and kind of compete in that NL East. Like we talked about last week where it's a wide open division. And I believe that it'll come down to that last week of the season in the NL East. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. So we'll start by having a look at our picks from last week. We, we take a, a lock and a dog each at the end of the show. Um, so you lost both your games on Friday to the weather. Both did, did yeah. get played um, as seven innings, mm-hmm. um, half of a, of a double header. Yep. And you had a win and a loss over the two. Um, mm-hmm. but it was your lock that won and your dog that went down. So again, we'll take a little bit of profit there. Uh, run us through your two selections, Muna. Yeah, and like we talked about, like you said, they're both postponed. I believe they were both going off on Friday. It was the uh, Brewers taking on John Lester on the mound for the Washington Nationals, which got postponed because of the weather. And then I think it was also the Baltimore Orioles visiting the Chicago White Sox. We had Matt Harvey and Dallas Keuchel on the mound. So they both got postponed because of weather, and they played Saturday and um uh, Baltimore, Chicago took care of business. They scored. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yesterday, uh, double headers. The first one was Baltimore. Sorry. 
Chicago White Sox got the victory over the Baltimore Orioles 7-4. to four. We had that over in that game in seven innings. I saw the line reposted. I believe it was at seven or seven and a half, right. but yeah, it still flew over the total there in seven innings. And then the uh, the loser was um, John Lester and the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, surprisingly, they moved Lester to the second game of that doubleheader and didn't have him go in that first game, but it didn't make a difference. I mean, he pitched a great game. We take a look at the box score for John Lester. He went five innings, sorry, four innings, five hits, only gave up one earned run. It was at the bullpen, just gave up five earned runs, and that was pretty much the story in that game. So I know I've backed the, the Was sorry, the Washington National starting pitching um for a couple couple games now with Joe Ross and John Lester. I'm not mad at John Lester. He did his part, but uh, you know, the offense didn't show up and the bullpen kind of blew it up there. So Another one in one week there, and uh, hopefully we we have a two and zero week uh, this week at least at least for me. Yeah, I mean take taking the Nationals uh, starting pitching again. We've got uh, Max Scherzer tonight in a bit of a Jacob Degrom situation where mm-hmm. he's just consistently getting no run support. He's yeah. he's pitched a game tonight, um, six innings, uh, two hits and one walk, struck out ten. Yeah. Um, and they've gone down three nil, mm-hmm. uh, three to nothing. So he's got an ERA of two point three four, but he's sitting at four and four. I mean that's horrible. Yeah. Um, there's lesser pitches than that sitting on kind of seven and one, uh, yeah. and that kind of record. So yeah, you're taking your you're taking your life in your hands at the moment when you when you take the Nationals doing anything. It's just uh, it's it's a bit of a head scratch. We didn't expect it would be great, but they are. They are struggling at the minute, 21 and 28, Washington. Yep. Um, my two, uh, the lock I took was, it's, I mean, it's similar to you. you took, we've said before that you you take your starting pitchers. If you're taking a money line bet, you take your starting pitchers and you've either got to get in front or sort of hold your own and then expect the um, the bullpens to hold up there and... Yeah. Their end of the bargain. So I'd taken, um, it was Zach Wheeler mm. against the Tampa Bay Rays and Ryan Yarbrough. Uh, what I did actually get wrong was uh, Ryan Yarbrough. Yarbrough pitched really well. Yeah. I, I thought that maybe he'd been found out a little bit um, mm. since he'd moved from r- long relief uh, into the starting rotation. But I mean, he only went four, 4.1 innings, uh, three hits, and two walks. So yeah, but he struck out eight. Um, Zach Wheeler. Uh-huh. It really was the uh, the um, spur behind my selection. Seven innings pitched, struck struck out fourteen batters. Yeah, uh, allowed three earned runs on four hits. Um, so, uh, but then even then, uh, coming out the game, they were it was two two through five. It was three three through seven. So you're still in the game, and then Tampa Bay scored two in the bottom of the eighth. I mean, maybe fading Tampa equally. Um, who are absolutely rolling 15 from 16, I think, at the moment now. I think so, yeah. Uh, they've won again tonight. They've beaten Philly uh, tonight, I do believe, as well. So, I mean, that's a, that's an outrageous record. So, I felt like the I got 80% of the way along the line to win in that bet. Um, but the bookies aren't going to pay me out for getting 80% of the way to a winning bet. They want me <laughs> to win the bet. Um after that, though, however, uh, my pick was a bit of a wild one, we thought at the time. You made a noise as if to say, ooh, have you gone mad? Uh, ooh, which no, was... actually, 
Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I, that was one of the picks I was looking at last week was taking Mize and over. Yeah, you, cool. you fancied yeah, it. I didn't get a chance to... Uh, we didn't get a chance to discuss it, but uh, yeah, that was one of the picks I was looking at. So I, I was a little excited when you picked it as your dog. Ah, but, right. But I'll, I'll let you. Yeah, I'll let you. I mean, when you hit that type of dog, but I'll let you finish. I want to. I want to give you a kudos on the back of that one. Well, you're kind of thinking that um, if the Tigers are going to take one of this set from <laughs> New York, like which one is it? So, and we've talked before about getting um, getting a series in the wrong order where you might take it the home team, the away team, then the home team, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you yeah. kind of get it get it right, but wrong all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out the Tigers have swept them, so we could have picked any one of the three. Or, in fact, we could have picked all three. You're really tickled by this, aren't you? I can tell, so <laughs> I we'll let you uh, talk about that. So, and again, uh-huh. 80% of the way along the line was... I, I was relying on the bullpens and extra innings to get it done. But I watched I watched the first maybe two or three innings, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a great time. It was sort of one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, but what I quite enjoyed with Detroit was they clearly had a plan to try and get to Garrett Cole early. They were swinging. He was just throwing a lot of um, first pitch fastballs. And the top of the order, Robbie Grossman, Harold Castro, um, Candelario, We'll put the ball in place. So the first inning, the um, they had two. They got two bases in the first inning, um, and I thought, yeah, we're we we're in this. And on the flip side, Casey Mize was pitching absolutely beautifully. He went. He left the game, having pitched five innings, um, seven Ks. Yep. Just allowed that one, that one earned run on five hits. Um, a better line than Garrett Coles, who uh, six innings, only five strikeouts, and one earned run on six hits, and then. Um, so the game was what one uh, one one through nine. Yep, absolutely nothing in it, but you, the, the hanging in and uh, New York scored a run in the tenth, and Robbie Grossman walked it off in the bottom of the tenth uh, for Detroit. Uh, so that was a plus two fifteen dog. Uh, I was absolutely delighted about that. Um, we've been we've been on a good run with our dog, so that's a yeah. couple of uh, over plus two hundred shots that we've landed this week. But um, and then the Tigers. Since then, that was Friday night's game. The Tigers have gone on to complete that sweep. They finished them off tonight. Um, 6-2, I believe it was tonight. So, yep. um, yeah, what's going on there, moving off? Well, I, I don't know, but you can see me smiling from ear to ear when the <laughs> when the Yankees are losing. And it's, it's, always, it's always fun when the Yankees are losing because being a Red Sox fan, and I know shout out to my man Boston Capper, our golf gambling podcast uh, co-host, He's also a Red Sox fan, so we always have conversations, you know, uh, on uh, Slack channel about the Yankees. And, you know, he wanted me to shit on the uh, the Yankees here a little bit. But I know that's going to be in the listener question portion. But, uh, you know, we talked about the Yankees. Uh, they've been battling some injuries. You know, they, they lost Aaron Hicks like we talked about. And yeah. if we take a look over their last four games here at least for the – or at least this is talking about the Detroit Pistons series here is that – they only had they scored five total runs. Isn't that alarming to you a little bit when you have? It is against pr- probably the second or third worst team yeah. um, in baseball, and Detroit well, that record now they've lifted their record to twenty two and thirty one. So before this series, they were nineteen and thirty one. Um, yeah, not even close. The Orioles have won seventeen games, and and that's it. With they were the only teams that hadn't won. Hadn't won 20 games. So to go down 
Yeah, that is quite alarming. We we focused on the Yankees quite a lot uh, last week as we were talking. Um, AL East and, and the pitching um, had gone a little bit awry. Corey Kluber had gone on the injured list. So yeah. the Devi Garcia had come into the lineup and then tonight was King, I think. Yep. Uh, they'd, they'd elevated for a start. So yeah, they're just wobbling a little bit. And um, see, we are going to talk about this, but Tampa Bay have... Um, Absolutely got their foot on their throats at the moment. So, um, so yeah, with the picks, we both went one and two, um, but we both picked up our dogs again. So, uh, again, we're not far away, and uh, we, we're not getting uh, we're not getting hammered. A little bit of profit every week. We'll just we'll keep plugging away. Um, tally side wise, yeah, I've had a good week, uh, much better this week. Um, up, I've updated because it suits me. Uh, the, to, to add tonight's scores, if if they'd all lost, I would have just told you where I was uh, at the start of play today. But currently on forty nine and thirty six, which is a fifty eight percent, which has got me ranked two uh, out of all those analysts um, on tally side at the moment. Uh, so I'm delighted with that. Uh, how have you been going, Munaf? Yeah, not a great week for me. I mean, I think it was worse earlier in the season, or sorry, the season early in the week when we uh, recorded on uh, Thursday. Um, you know, I just had to find a way to kind of grind back in. Currently, forty-one and forty-five on the week, sitting at a forty-eight percent. So hopefully, I'm able to pick up some of these late winners, and maybe I can trickle back up to five hundred for the week. And uh, I look forward to next week. But again, you know, our, our guys are just doing again. Will is at 60% this week. Uh, Nick finally decided to come back down to earth here a little bit. He's, you know, he's hovering around 50, 50% for the week, but um, you know, uh, like we've talked about, it's going to be a grind for us all season long. And I'm glad to see that you're having a great week and Will's having a great week. So um, I'm going to start, you know, maybe if I can't turn around next week, I'm not to far start following you guys a, a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I keep having to remind myself as well that on Tuesday morning I was um, seven and fifteen for the week. I think. Yeah. Uh, so I've since then gone forty-two, forty-two and twenty-one. Yep. Uh, which I'm delighted with, and yeah, it's uh, like we said. Thing we said that things are maybe just starting to level out a little bit um, in in Major League Baseball, and hopefully that's starting to get reflected in it. Our consistent records were kind of all sitting uh, on a weekly basis between. 50 and 60%, which is great, unless you're Wilm Werman uh, and say he's normally 70-something. But yeah. um, So across MLB this week, not huge amounts of news, um, more kind of a lot of curiosities. We already touched on the fact that there's been lots of rain. Um, but for me, the highlight of the week, and it wasn't even close, I think this happened while we were recording on Thursday, mm-hmm. um, was the episode of a... Major League Baseball player forgetting how to play baseball. Um, The Will Craig for the Pirates and the Javi Baez incident. It's kind of been dressed up as uh, Javi Baez and his magic man, uh, the magic man base running. But the more I look at it, it's just, I just can't help thinking, what was Will Craig doing? I mean, he's he's not someone I'd I'd, I'd heard of before, but. um, I imagine most people listening have seen it. If you haven't dig it out, um, you'll be able to find it. Just look at search sort of Will Craig, Javi Baez, base running, whatever. Um, it was an absolute head scratcher, but it was great to watch. You could watch it twenty five times and still not really understand what's going on. Yeah, there was 
you know, when, when there was crazy plays, like, well, you, I think first you have to give Javi Baez some credit for getting creative, right? Because he, he ran back down towards home plate and uh, he was able to at least get that runner from third base to score. Then he was scrambling to first base and they made an error. But the simple play would have been for Will Craig to tag for just run to first base, tag the base. He would have got yeah. Javi Baez out and then probably would have held that runner at third base. There was, there was two outs, Moon. After this was the all head scratching thing. Yeah. At, and then, at no point did he have to do anything <laughs> different to stand on the, the stand on first base. And even if that runner had then come across, the sequence of that doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. The run wouldn't have scored. So he literally, it was a force play. All he had to do was stand on for, and he's edging down the line, chasing Baez, and Baez is looking about. Baez signaling safe, and all that was one of my favourite parts. Yeah. Um, and amongst that, Baez has still got the time and presence of mind to signal to that Contreras is safe before he ducks out, runs up the first baseline, forces a throwing error, and ends up at second. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just great. It's, it's absolutely great. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's it's. I think you got to give Javi Baez a lot of credit there. As much as we kind of rag on him for swinging at yeah. every single pitch that's maybe even like three feet out of uh, the strike zone, he finds a way to keep the game entertaining and and finding ways to uh, score runs, uh, especially for a Cubs team that you know early on was kind of struggling offensively to score runs. But um, that was you know I think that was the play of the week. We have like one. We have like one play like every single week that you and I discuss that is kind of head scratching. And I think this was the one play this this week for us with Javi Baez and Will Craig in that game, which was absolutely wild. Yeah, well, I think uh, Will Craig's he really couldn't do anything else but own it. Uh, he's come out and sounded quite funny when he's done a couple of interviews because you can't talk your way out of it. There is absolutely nothing. Nothing you can say. Like he just forgot how to play baseball. Yeah. Um, all he had to do was go and stand on the bag. But um, I did enjoy that a lot. It was it a, totally appealed to my sense of humour. Um, the Padres uh, this weekend uh, have had a bit of a grueling session. They've gone four straight extra innings games. Uh, one three of them lost one. Um, I was looking at our little theory on uh, how many runs are scored in extras. And actually, two of, the, two of the games, there was only one run scored in extras. Uh, but then the other two were absolutely wild. One, there was seven runs, I think. Um, I had Because I had to go back and check the box score. Because mm. I read that stat that they, they'd won in extra innings four times. But I thought, I knew they'd won 10-3 the other night. And I thought, yeah. well, that couldn't, couldn't possibly have got no extras. Uh, but it did. They just yeah. happened to score seven uh, in the top of the 10th. So the, that I think that's a good sign for the Padres that they're uh, they're getting it done. And, and last night's was an absolutely wild one, down to their last out, um, and Fernando Tatis hits a three-run homer to tie the game. I think it was Will Myers then hit a three-run homer uh, later on to win the game. So um, the Padres are, are turning the screw, and they're certainly uh, one of the probably the most fun team to watch at the moment. A lot of talent and ability um, and they play with a little bit of flair as well. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw that three-run home run by Fernando Tatis Jr., but that was just absolutely crushed. I believe he went like 448 feet in, onto oh, that railroad tracks uh, there in Minute Maid Park, but he absolutely crushed that ball. And uh, 
It's tough for the Astros because, you know, uh, we talked about earlier getting down on them to win the AL West. You know, those are the type of wins that or top of losses that may cost you, you know, when it kind of comes down to the wire. So the bullpen really has been kind of shaky for the um, for the Astros here lately. But I know they got the series win today in the, in the third game of that series. So um, hopefully they can they have it. I know we're going to discuss it in a little bit but they do have a very tough, tough stretch coming up. But uh, at least for the uh, Astros, they're getting some of their guys back healthy, especially on the pitching side. We'll get to that in a little bit. But like you said, the Padres, man, uh, they're going to like they're gonna battle the Dodgers all throughout the season for that number one spot in the NL West division. And these type of wins are going to add up for them. You know, we talk about how I just said that the Astros, these type of losses are going to hurt for them. But then when, you're, when the Padres are winning games like they did over the weekend against the Astros, <clears throat> sorry, the Astros, you know, that's, that's really going to help them out and down the stretch here uh, as we get into the summer months. And then when things are going to start to shake out in some of these divisions and then going down the stretch, I think those are the type of wins that they're going to go back and look at and say, hey, with that home run that Tatis hit and the extra innings win that they got against the Astros, you know, those might those one or two games might just be the difference for them winning the division or finishing second to the uh, Dodgers. Yeah, that was a good win tonight for the Astros. Actually, I think they yeah, needed that because the for sure uh, we're going to touch on it later. But they're coming in quite a tough, a tough stretch of the schedule. Um, and they took Blake Snell for seven runs. Um, he was struggling. I thought Blake Snell might have to go on my timeout list. Um, along with Joe Ross and Kyle Hendricks, I've got quite a few people on there. Um, who I just can't seem to get right. If I think they're going to be okay, if I talk them, if I talk them down, they do well. Uh, if I talk them up, they go the other way. And um, and Snell's now ERA is up to five point five five without pitching badly either. Um, and, uh, he's, he's pitched relatively well all season, um, but it just hasn't it hasn't fallen into place to him. Um, what else? There was a little the twenty millionth run this week scored by Josh Donaldson. I mean, that can't be right, can it? Who's keeping score of that? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's something like the uh, the stat geeks over there. I mean, I'm a stat geek, but somebody that for I think for them to keep track of something like that is uh, pretty astonishing. But that's kind of crazy to see that. Does that even like almost seem right to you? <laughs> I've told I know what got me was. Um, the I think last week or the week before there was the I think it was the twenty thousandth mm-hmm. MLB player, and there was a countdown on some website. Uh, there were count a count up, sorry, yeah. um, to the twenty thousandth man to appear in MLB, and then it was some relief pitcher, uh, relief pitcher mm-hmm. that you've never heard of was called up for the for a double header as the twenty sixth man or whatever, yeah. um, and he was given the accolade of the. Of the 20, 20, why can't I say 20,000th man um, 20, to, to have played in, in MLB? Um, but then there was all manner of people. So they, they uh, had they counted the Negro Leagues and after mm-hmm. MLB recognised those back however many years ago and stuff like yeah. that. So um, these stats, it's a bit like cricket in this country. Um, cricket, I think, exists more for the stats than the sport. Um, and MLB is very, very similar to that. Um, so you can find yourself a mad stat most weeks. Um, the only other bit of news I was going to bring up was really for the uh, fantasy players uh, and the daily, the daily, the DFS players uh, uh-huh. was that K- K- Brian Hayes yep. for Pittsburgh, um, highly touted uh, rookie. Um, I assume was drafted everywhere uh, in most formats, um, maybe 10 teamers. He might've been on the cusp, but certainly in 12 yeah. or 15 teamers, he would have been drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's back this week. So um, it 
possible uh, that people might be sleeping on him if he did get cut. Anyone without IL spots in a league, uh, Hayes might have been cut. Uh, I know he's on Pittsburgh, he's on a poor team, but they've actually been pretty feisty and they've got a few players who are contributing. Uh, Adam Fraser's been okay. Yep. Uh, Gregory Polanco could get you the odd steal if you, if you if you need steals in that category. But Hayes will be back, so it might just be worth a little a little check on your waiver wire, your free agent market, uh, and if the rest of your league are sleeping on that, then I would suggest getting Cabrian Hayes in because he's uh, he's going to be a good player. He can do let's, little bits of everything. His average, he'll hit for average, he'll hit yep. bombs, uh, and he'll steal you some bases as well. So that was a name a name to look to look out for. I know um we don't do an awful lot of. Uh, fantasy and daily fantasy so it's kind of I'd point out maybe one or two players a week uh, who are either getting hot or um, getting cold or a lot of them will be players who are coming up Um, so we spoke on Thursday about Alec Manoa the Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Mm -hmm. Uh, and a lot of people uh, the Fab Runs will be running tonight I've got one bid on him of something I've got $182 in my uh great fantasy baseball invitational league which is kind of the biggest I mean the, the biggest league I'm playing in this year uh, which is kind of an industry league uh, so I've got a I've got a bid in on him um, so if Alec Manoa is still hanging around he's going to be he's going to be a valuable piece so so we'll keep looking at those players for you to add as well um, we thought this week Moon off uh, mm. instead of breaking down a division or something we're going to do a couple of things uh, in the middle part of the show here uh, you threw out in the Slack channel earlier on a few questions from our listeners and readers and stuff um, yeah. and we got hit up with with a few uh, a few things that people wanted to talk about so I'll let you go first and take the top one yeah let's see here I know we had a couple guys asking about um, the AL East and the Rays and then we know we, we talked about um we talked about the Rays last season, or sorry, last week on the, on the podcast that we did. Yeah, and we were discussing, you know, the, obviously the Yankees and the Red Sox, and you know, we've said that there's always in the AL East, it's always three teams that are competing for that division title. It's going to be the Yankees, it's going to be the Red Sox on a good year, and it's always going to be the Rays. The Rays always find a way to always compete not only for the division, but also a, a wild card spot. And if sometimes if you look at the stats for the Rays, there a lot of times they're not in the top of the uh, standings as far as hitting or sometimes even their pitching. I know they had Blake Snell over the past couple of years who's done well for them. Tyler Glass now has also been doing well. They had Charlie Morton, I believe, last season. Um, who who's a great third rotation type of player, maybe even second. But I think this season, the the really key for me for the Tampa Bay Rays has been their hitting. You know, and that's something that we've really never talked about with this Rays team because when we talk about old school baseball, whether it's it's hitting for runs or playing small ball and stealing bases and sacrificing getting runs. I feel like the Tampa Bay Rays are that team because they find ways to get on base, whether it's via hits or walks, stealing bases and scoring runs that way. And this season we've talked about Randy or Rosarena, who's kind of, who's going to be their superstar of the future. We kind of take a look up and down some of their main guys, you know, Joey Wendell 304 this season, 
Randy Rosarena, like we said, 265. He's always going to be in that conversation of being a guy that's going to be a, a, a guy that may hit for average and also for power. Um, Brandon Lowe, you know, he's having a okay season. His average isn't there right now. Uh, G-Man Choi, who's having a good season for them. Austin Meadows, you know, the average isn't there for him, but he's leading this team. He's tied it for home runs with, I believe, Mag, uh, Mike Zanino. Yeah, Zanino, the catcher. Yeah, Zanino, yeah, there you go. So, um, you know, they have guys that are, again, hitting for power and for average on this team. And the pitching has been pretty good, too. I mean, obviously, they lost some key pieces with Charlie Morton from last season. They traded Blake Snell to the Padres, but um, Tyler Glasnow has been fantastic for them this season so far. 2.57 ERA, 1.7 war. Um, Rich Hill, who's just been a journeyman all throughout his career. Uh, you talked about Ryan Yarborough last week, who had a pretty good outing. Michael Walker, another guy that's kind of trying to find himself again when he was with the Cardinals and now with the Rays. So, you know, I think you got to give Kevin Cash a lot of credit the way he manages his Rays team. And it's, uh, I believe they're what, still three to one to win this division. I think that's still a great price for them to get down because, like we mentioned, like you mentioned earlier, they've won what 15 out of 16 of their last yeah. games and the Yankees are kind of faltering right now with the different type of issue that they're having every single week, whether it's hitting one week or pitching another week. So they haven't been able to find that consistency, you know, being a Red Sox fan, it's all exciting to see this team hitting and being in tops in the, some of the offensive categories, but the pitching is still a concern for, for the Red Sox also. I, so I think that if you're able to find anything three or one or better on this race team, definitely worth getting some dollars down on and, and, you know, just watching this team go out and just find a way to get wins. Yeah. I think we're kind of coming into a crucial, a crucial couple of weeks, maybe where if, the, if we carry on in this vein, mm-hmm. uh, the Yankees bumbling along, kind of win one, lose one. Uh, but the Rays, I don't expect them to be go to win fifteen out the next sixteen. Right. But if the Rays can open up uh, their gap a little bit, they're currently what four and a half, and four and a half games, I think, in front of New York. Um, are... And the playoff odds, the playoff odds are just suddenly now in danger of flip flopping. So yeah. the Yankees. Are at seventy one point nine percent, and the Rays are at sixty nine percent. So those two curves have been getting closer and closer and closer, uh, and it won't take maybe maybe ten days of of both teams performing similarly, sure. and um, the Rays will I think will flip to favourites. But I don't think the bookies will they'll take a lot more for the bookies to switch them. So at this point, you are getting great value. I've just pulled up a little odds checking website in front of me in 11 to four. Um, so that'd be plus three seventy-five. Um, would be, would be the best you can find uh, where New York or there's a best price six to five, tiny little bit of plus odds now. Uh, and there was certainly no plus odds around when we, when we previewed this division a couple of weeks ago, they were kind of minus uh, about around about four to six. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think if you want to get Tampa, get them now, um, because another another ten days, maybe up to three weeks of of both these teams going the way they're going, and those curves are going to cross, and all of a sudden it could be two to one, two to one, six to four each of two kind of thing. I suppose a lot of the the, the market is made by Boston, Toronto hanging around as well, because neither of them yeah. are out of it. It's not a Dodgers and Padres um, two horse race um, so Boston is still well and truly in there uh, still fighting you see if they can pick their pitching up uh, they've got the they've got the offensive weapons and Toronto 
have just kind of picked up a little bit as well. They've been some, their pitching's kind of come back to itself. Uh, they've got George Springer to come back, maybe it's not relatively soon. It may, maybe another three or four weeks before we see George Springer again. So, and they've got players like Vlad in Bichette. We're at the top of a lot of the uh, yeah. a lot of the batting standings as well. So, um, yeah, I, I would suggest that. Um, to the people in the in the Slack channel who were asking that if you want to get on Tampa, then I would say now is the time. I don't think yeah. um, if the if they're a bigger price in three or four weeks, if they're up to four or five to one, it's maybe because the Yankees have got their shit together uh, and the league then starts to go in the direction uh, yeah. that we thought it might. So so yeah, the, I would say that the, that's the best time. The and best they, time to get them would be now. Yeah, big series coming up for the Rays too against the Yankees to start start the week tomorrow. Four games going into Yankee Stadium, so. This is going to be another if you're if you're going to get down some dollars on the raises. I think this is going to be a time where these four games coming up against the Yankees are going to be very very crucial. Done, and it's going to be interesting to see how this price kind of adjusts for either the Rays or against the Rays. So after that, you kind of take a look at their schedule. It kind of eases up for them. They have three against the Texas Rangers, who are not a great team this season, and two against Washington. We've talked about their pitching struggles, and then three against Baltimore. So. Definitely, a, this might be a team to continue to bet on uh, for at least the early part of um, early part of June. And as we enter the m- crucial months of June and July, like you mel- mentioned, Malcolm, that you know now we're kind of starting to see what these teams are all about. So definitely keep your eye out for these this Yankees and the Rays series coming up here to start the week. Um, the next thing that. Uh, was brought up uh, and it was Jeff Fox asked um, and he said, could you just do some general fantasy stuff? And I wasn't no. really sure because it's such a... Don't such listen a deep, to Jeff. Don't listen to Jeff. Yeah, he, he was making fun of me because I'm last in our uh, well, fan- <laughs> fantasy. I did think I could, I could kind of bring you in here gently, <laughs> Moonaf, without overtly taking the piss because what I do think is that we kind of... Uh, we kind of bullied you into getting involved in the league because I don't think you wanted to play particularly, and yeah, we yeah. Uh, we we needed a tenth, we needed a tenth member. Yeah, so you very kindly agreed very to kindly join the league. Donated uh, for the fifty. Yeah, bucks. that's pretty much what you've done. Yeah, yeah. You very you quickly made your way to the bottom of the league. You're welcome. And have and have stayed there ever since. Um, <laughs> but I t- but I think what it is though, Moonaf, and I, so I wrote a kind of an introduction to. Uh, fantasy um, mm-hmm. at the start of the season for the sports gambling podcast. Yeah. Um, and the big thing, in, and obviously the, the ship might have sailed now, particularly for you, but it was just really about knowing the rules and the scoring system in your league. Sure. Um, if you're playing points, whether there's daily ads, the big one at the minute is um, whether there's daily ads uh, or weekly ads or is it daily lineup changes, weekly lineup changes. So I commissioned this SGPN league. I put yeah. the selector on it. Is everyone okay with daily lineups, daily yeah. changes? And most people said yes. Now, and you, a lot of leagues that you're in, um, you get rewarded just for showing up. Um, if you can have that 10 minutes a day to add a player, take a player away, set your lineup, um, you're going to be, I, I think in that league that we're playing at the minute, I mean, how often, in all seriousness, do you, Add a player, take a player out. If you if you added people in, if you looked at the pitching pool for that day, I have not done it. I think I maybe <laughs> done it like 
maybe like three or four times. So when it was, since you're talking about fantasy right now, I'm actually going to be taking notes. So maybe I can find a way to uh, dig myself down under the grave and maybe get into like the eighth or ninth spot. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's kind of getting in, embarrassing for me, but like you said, I think the tough part is that, uh, uh it's going in there like uh, fixing your lineup on a daily basis. Right. Because um, I'll be honest, a lot of times I forget because I'm so busy doing other, other, other things and not as excuse, but you know, fantasy baseball, it's a season long grind. It really is. It's just like handicapping, um, handicapping baseball because there's so many games every single day that you need to, you know, you really need to pay attention to it or, and listen to Malcolm, don't listen to me because you're going to be down in the dumps to where I am in our, in our SGPN league. <laughs> But that, so that's exactly it. you're kind of the poster boy for what we're saying here is that yeah to to understand so there's a I, I noticed quickly that two or three of the boys in the league were getting every day when the rosters were being unlocked again yeah. for the next day you get the pool of pitches and most of the top there's ten of us in the league we drafted nine we probably drafted seven starting pitches each so the top seventy SPs have gone but then every day there's there's going to be pictures who you can who you can go and add, um, and they were just disappearing off the off the page in front of my very eyes um, because there's no in our league. There's no limit to uh, ads or drops. There's no limit to how many pitches you can start. So even if the pitch is not very good, um, they can still start a game and get you five or ten points. Um, yeah. And so now if I go on and. This morning, if there was no starting pitching left, I've already said I was a bit hungover this morning, so I didn't get up till after lunch. So there's no starting pitchers left. Um, but then I've got room in my lineup to add in three or four possible long relievers. Um, who would have gone tonight? I added Giovanni Gallegos. Yeah. I, I maybe added was it Kennedy from Texas. And I know those three pitchers will have scored me maybe 20 points and that's 20 points that you haven't got. Now, if I'm doing that every day, it doesn't take long and you're probably about 3,000 points behind at the minute. Um, (laughs) And that's just through knowing the league, through knowing, um, knowing the rules and knowing the scoring. You could have drafted absolutely beautifully. Um, Mm. You could have drafted as well as anybody else, but because I'm grinding and I've got sort of, it takes me about 20 minutes every day to go through my teams in the morning. I've got a little system. So, right, I'll check that. I'll check that. Then I've got to add him, add him, add him. And then before the games go off, um, just check your lineups because there'll be players who are rested. Um, So just being aware, that just gives you a chance because I reckon at least a third of the players in every league haven't got a chance of winning because they're not. Um, They're not aware of... uh, of how to run it on a daily basis or yeah. people then get a little bit behind and just stop playing. Um, so, yeah. And the second thing I was going to mention that uh, now is the time really sort of 50 games in mm-hmm. um, for the, for the first month of the season, I would say you're only dropping players if playing time is a concern. You're not right. dropping players who aren't hitting because they're going to come back like to, I don't know, say Freddie Freeman or someone. He was hitting 237, uh, where every season he hits 300. Yep. You're not dropping players in the first month of the season if they haven't performed to how you wanted them to perform. The only reason you're dropping players in the first part of the season is if their playing time isn't there, whether or not they go demoted to the minors or on the short side of a platoon. You can you can lose you can lose players then. Um, but now, 50 games in, if a player's not doing it, 
Um, now I think it's a, it's a perfectly good time to say, right, you've had a, you've had a run, you've had a third of the season uh, and you can get rid and start adding players. Uh, so they would be my two. I know they're fairly basic general things, but uh, maybe if we, we can layer this up uh, every couple of weeks and uh, ask, we might get a couple of different questions in. So that would be me. Uh, second part of fantasy advice and like I say introduction in uh, introduction and just basic stuff at the moment um, we thought moving off we know we, we'll often have a look at a division or or a player prop something like a, an MVP or a home run player um, over on Tally Site uh, where you can find our picks on a daily basis uh, tallysite.com and embedded on the sports gambling podcast dot com uh, on the MLB tab um, we did a whole load of um, season long picks uh, looking ahead we picked all the divisions uh, we picked World Series winners we picked Cy Young's MVPs home runs hits um, so I thought today if we're going to go back have a look at some of the things that we that I picked uh, and you would have a look at some of the things you picked shout ourselves out if we've done okay Equally, shout ourselves out if they were really terrible choices. Um, but in the in the process of doing that as well, there might be a few names that could jump out um, and we could talk about as well. So um, the name I just mentioned was Freddie Freeman. I picked Freddie Freeman up um, at for the top RBIs and the most hits. Mm. And he's been absolutely poor. In fact, I think he's, still, he's sitting about 35th or 36th in the standings. Uh, but only 29 rubies. And like I just said, he's hitting 237, um, where every year's career average, like I say, is 307, 298. It's way up there. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he's he's without a chance, uh, Freddie Freeman, because I don't expect him to be hitting 237 right. um, at the end of the season. Um, so in terms of RBIs, which is, which is where I picked him, like I say, he's on 29. He's, he's not that far away. Um, just looking at the at the top of the table here, uh, forty five. So yeah. yeah, Jose Abreu, and then one of your boys, yeah. Rafael Devers, and then Trey Mancini, who's been a good story. Yeah. Um, uh, Vlad, who's been absolutely outstanding this season. Uh, Vlad's been the man everyone thought he was going to be maybe two years ago. Yep. And then in fifth, there's been the real surprise package this year, Adolis Garcia, who yeah. we mentioned a couple of times, sitting on forty one. So. Um, that was, yeah, so Freddie Freeman's disappointed me um, with my pick there, but not out the woods, I don't think. I think he'll, uh, he can he can only get better. I'm absolutely certain he can only get oh, yeah. better. Uh, so I don't think he's out the woods. Um, did you how we, did you pick anyone? Was there any, any standout picks that have given you a chance or that you're suitably ashamed of? I think the one for me that's been a shame so far is probably my American League MVP choice, which was Galaber Torres. Yeah. No, I thought oh, that he was... You were gonna... very sweet on him in the... Yeah. Uh, you picked him. Every time we brought up a new category, you said Galaber Torres. It didn't yeah. He was winning Cy Youngs and everything. I thought that he would uh, have a great season for the Yankees because that was a guy I believe that kind of needed to step up for them, um, especially in that lineup when you have so much focus is on Aaron Judge and uh, uh, Stanton there. And then you also have DJ LeMay, who we'll get to here in a little bit. But I thought this was one guy that was going to have to step up, and he kind of hasn't for the New York Yankees. I'm trying to pull up some of his numbers for this season so far. I know he was out, I think, I believe 10 days because of COVID, I believe. And then he came back. Um, he had the first two games we talked about last week that they were pretty good. I think he stacked up like 
two RBI, I'm sorry, six RBIs in that span, but his numbers are kind of respectable, 264 right now. He only has two home runs, I believe, on the season, so that's not really going to get it done. Um, so I think that's one of been my shame pick of the of so far, at least um, early on here, has been Glaber Torres. Um, maybe the other one... I think Arenado, I picked as the RBI leader, like you picked for Freddie Freeman as to lead the league in RBIs. He was doing really well early on. I believe he had like 32 RBIs um, early in the season. He was leading it. Now he's only at 35. He's only 10 behind the lead of Jose Abreu, like you just mentioned. But no, I'm always I'm season in and season out. I'm always high on Nolan Arenado because I believe he's a guy that can go out and get two 35, 40 home runs on any given night because, or sorry, any given season, because he had that type of batter and him being in Colorado when he was, before he got to the Cardinals, he had that opportunity because he played in Coors field. And we know what type of uh, play that Coors field is being a hitter's ballpark. Um, but he's been a little disappointing for me. Uh, you know, I, I think he's still, ha- he's still batting 284, which is really good. Um, he's played in all the games so far for the St. Louis Cardinals. So hopefully he can get a hot bat again, maybe catch up in, into that RBI lead. Only being 10 behind, if he has a really hot month, he can get right back into the um, mix there for RBI leaders uh, for uh, that I picked up there on Tally site. Yeah, I think a lot of the people in the sort, even all the way down to 30s in that league, in that list have still, have still got a big chance. Uh, DJ LeMahieu was someone I'd picked out um, for... Uh, runs leader 20, 25 to one. But I think oh, he's just yes. been a, like everything you just said about um, Torres was just a, an indication of the of the struggles that the Yankees have had. Um, and again, he's 30th on that list, so he's not a million miles away. Uh, he yeah. will hit lead off. That was my thinking. He, if you hit lead off for a very potent offense, uh, 25 to one seemed like a huge, a huge price. Um, so, uh, but the one I've got, we've got, I think we've got one each year to, uh, Giving us a nice a nice sweat. And mine was the saves leader. Mm-hmm. Um and I took Alex Reyes at fifty to one. And I think at the time he was kind of still in the conversation for um to be a, a starter. I mean, for, for the last maybe three seasons. Um very, very talented. Yeah. Really highly thought of, uh, touted prospect, and just could not stay healthy, had all sorts of problems staying healthy. Um and every time he came back, they would stretch him out and try and get him back in the starting rotation. But this time round, they've just kind of said, right, okay, you're our, you're one of our closer. Uh, yeah. And he's been absolutely lights out. Um, he's sitting second in, in that. Saves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, second in saves at the moment uh, with 15, a little bit of separation as well to the boys behind him. So Mark Melanson, the Padres, um, on 17 saves with an ERA of 0.74. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, and then Alex Reyes on 15 saves uh, for the cards. Um, Reyes has won three games to uh, Melancon's one as well. So it kind of be a little bit unlucky there that um, if he'd gone into those games with a lead rather than uh, haven't, haven't have won the game, then he could possibly be tied. But uh, at 50 to 1, that's a real fun sweat because he's got that job closed down. The Cardinals are going to win plenty of games. Um, you're always relying on health. The, the I think the, um, that was 
factored into the price. Uh, the fifty to one will have had a, a few points added on to the fact that uh, yep. Reyes has struggled to stay healthy. But at the minute, uh, Touchwood he's been absolutely outstanding in a nice little fifty to one sweat there. Um, and you've got a player um, again. You've mentioned a few times this season that you were quite sweet on, um, and it was in the wins market, and he's absolutely gone uh, like he's been shot out of a cannon moon yeah. off in this market yeah uh, mine isn't as glamorous as yours at, at 50 to 1 but you're you're the guy that picks the big dogs for us and catches them <laughs> on a consistent basis but um no yeah my guy was uh jack flaherty for the st louis cardinals uh as wins leader as well as as the guy that i was high on for galeber torres coming in on the offensive side i think Flaherty was a guy for me on the pitching staff or pitching um, um, players that I was high on coming in for this season. And, you know, he's kind of panned out so far, you know, he started out with eight wins here. I got that at around plus 1750. So that's going to be an interesting sweat. Uh, He has a couple tough games coming up. I know I think he goes against Trevor Bauer next week and the Cardinals are facing the Dodgers next week, but we get to those series to look forward to in a little bit, but um, you know, he, he's been doing well so far this season. You kind of take a look at his numbers. Um, just had it there. Yeah. C's at eight and oh, eight and one so far this season, two, eight, four ERA uh, 58 strikeouts. So uh, his war isn't as exciting. It's only at 0.4, but he's really been that, that ace pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. And that, you know, we've talked about a couple other guys in that rotation for the St. Louis Cardinals have been a big surprise. Um, so, you know, Jack Flaherty has, has been a guy that's eight and one so far this season. And he had, he has a couple guys right behind his tail that are tied with seven wins uh, so far this season, but hopefully he can continue um, <clears throat> the way he's been uh, pitching so far this season uh, for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. I think he needs the cards to keep winning because what, well, alerts you to, to the challenges in behind of the teams that they're playing for. You've got Kershaw in the race for the Dodgers. Uh, you've got then Lance Lynn and Garrett Cole. You know they're going to win games. In behind that, Trevor Rogers, possibly not so much, and Stephen Matz aren't going to win as many games. Um, but it's it's those big teams um, that he could even, on a bad outing, give up uh, three or four runs and still maybe get the win uh, because the Dodgers will give you so much. Yeah. So much run support. So, um, but yeah, he's got you off to a great start and put you well and truly, put you well and truly uh, in the frame there, moving off. So yeah, we'll keep a we'll keep a look on all those um, tally side picks. The, the one I wasn't going to mention this, but I'd picked out. I think you just get tempted into the the flashy players on the LA Angels um, for the NL West yeah. and. Uh, I obviously just fell in love with the star players. Had a little look, uh, picked them up, and not even close. Like in in hindsight, I know hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, I'm I'm not sure what I was thinking at that point because they didn't have any pitching, uh, and what you could see it wasn't going to take much for it to kind of fall apart. They'll, they'll win the odd game if when when Otani, uh or Trout when he gets back and and Jared Walsh people like that uh, put in a performance for them. But overall, uh, I'm not sure what I was thinking taking the Angels over uh, over the a couple of other teams in that division. Yeah, in the American League, I mean, we've talked about so far this season that there's so many good lineups, but the pitching just isn't there for, for some of these teams, right? And I think the one team that we've talked about all season that that has both is the Chicago White Sox, right? But with the Angels, we've said every – I feel like we say this every single week. They did not do anything to address their starting starting pitching rotation. 
And I think that if they would have done that, they could have probably be a favorite to win, or if not one of the co-favorites to win the uh, World Series this year. But until they get pitching on that rotation, man, I- I'm staying away from this Angels team. I don't care how great of a lineup that they have. You st- I think it's what what comes down to for, for me in the playoffs is pitching and bullpen. And, you know, right now for the angels, they don't have either one of those. So uh, don't feel too bad about, you know, picking the angels. I mean, we, I think that, that they were the big sexy pick for a lot of people coming into the season. But, um, you know, I think now that they have a, a manager and Joe Madden, you know, hopefully they address that pitching in this off season and they're going to be competing in that AOS come, you know, next season and the season after that, because, I hate to see them waste the prime years of Mike Trout and Otani. Hopefully he doesn't get injured again this season. But um, when you have those two caliber players on your team, you 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 really need to build around them and, and go into win win now mode because that that window, that championship window is going to close up real fast if they, if they don't do anything to address their pitching. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in and all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com. Download the app today. Uh, if you want Alex Reyes uh, for that saves leader, I think the 50 to 1 has gone, unfortunately. But you get, get yourself across to WinBet. Uh, find a good line over there for Alex Reyes. Use your $500 free. Get involved over there. Uh, I tell you, who could have uh, needed a moment to chill this week would have been Will Craig from the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, as Javi Baez rounded first base on that throwing error and Contreras came home. Uh, he needed to hit the reset button and get ready for what's next. Uh, there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Cracking open a Coors Light would have been absolutely perfect uh, for Will Craig as he got all the stick there off the Pirates fans. It's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check it out. Their fantasy best ball tournaments are some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament, where you can win $1 million. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlaying player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. They also have special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. Go to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code SGPN. And don't forget to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament for your chance to win $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. So this week, Moonaf, um, we mentioned already uh, having a look at the games from tomorrow night, which is Monday through to Thursday when we record again. Um, and the one that jumps off the page uh, is the Rays and the Yankees. Yeah, we talked about uh, the Yankees, uh, sorry, the Rays. Yeah, both the Rays and the Yankees. Um, you know, 
like you said on, on our show notes, two two teams that are in opposite forms right now. Yankees getting swept by the uh, Tigers this weekend. I wonder what the odds on that were. Like a, t- a Tigers sweeping the Yankees this weekend, it had to be like what? What do you think? Fifty to one, maybe a hundred. Well, if it were round about two to one, both nights. So, uh, what do you want? Thirty quid at twos, ninety quid at twos. 20 or so, yeah, 27 to 1, roughly. Yeah, I mean, that that, just, that was just uh, as exciting as that to see as a Red Sox fan. Uh, I just, <laughs> I looked at that. Uh, I, first of all, I was excited when you picked uh, Casey Mice to beat Garrett Cole. And I even messaged you when they, I think as soon as I saw that Robbie Grossman hit that two run home run, I think I like immediately messaged you on Slack. And I was like, Tigers and. Uh, well, I, I wasn't got... sure if I dreamt that because I sorry I put it. <laughs> I always I put one. I've said most weeks I put one earphone in my ear and then just go to sleep. So that was a game I was listening to. Yeah, and they were round about in the fifth inning. Uh-huh. Uh, and then normally a couple of hours later, something exciting will happen. The commentator will I'll wake up with a jump there and then <laughs> throw my earphone out and go back to sleep. And the thing that woke me up with a jump was the Robbie Grossman two-run homer. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, I didn't know how long I'd been asleep for. I'd obviously slept for like about seven innings. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the buzz. So I threw my earphone out. Then I woke up in the morning. I thought, uh-huh. did I imagine that? Or if, 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 uh, if the Tigers <laughs> got it pulled it off for me at two point something to one. And I put my laptop on and your your message jumped up straight away. Just had <laughs> Tigers with yeah. 25 S's and all capital letters. So I knew I was over the line. Yeah, that was, that was exciting. See, anytime the Yankees lose or get swept or lose a series, it's always it's always fun as, as a Red Sox fan. For, but for them to get swept by one of the worst teams of the league was even better. So if there's any Yankee fans that are listening to our podcast i'm sorry i'm gonna be shitting <laughs> on the yankees all season long so uh that was yeah i think that's going to be one of the most but getting back to our uh points or yeah i think uh their rays and the yankees um series is going to be a great one and i think the other two ones that i kind of highlighted were um the uh, astros and the red Sox series this weekend um I'll let you talk about the astros and their schedule but i think that we may see a lot of runs in the series because these are two of the top offenses in the American League, so um, I'll definitely be rooting for the Red Sox, but I'm not going to be mad if the Astros win a win the series or take a you know uh, lose a game or two against them. But that was the uh, second one, and then I think the third one for me was the uh, Cardinals and the um, the Dodgers this coming week. You know there'll be some pretty good, pretty good uh, um, pitching matchups in that game. I know we have Flaherty and uh, uh, Trevor Bauer going. I believe it's on Tuesday, so I think those were the three that stood out to me. Yeah, the um, the Rays Yankees. Um, looking at the the pitch and matchups there, you've got uh, tomorrow night, Monday night is Jameson Tyone and Rich Hill, and then Glasnow goes uh, for Tampa Bay against Domingo Herman. I mean, that's a winnable game. Yeah. And the night after is McClanahan, uh, the rookie who's been going really well. He's 2-0 against Montgomery. So, I mean, I wouldn't put you off the Rays at all this week. The Rays could uh, could really squeeze squeeze the Yankees this week if they're, if they're on it. Um, yeah, the Astros need to have been just need to keep their head a little bit above water because they have had that tough run. They had the little two-game mini-series yeah. um, at was it San Diego. The Dodgers. Oh, the Dodgers yeah, last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, they've played... Um, so Padres. they played the Dodgers, they played the Padres, and now they've got the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and they've been going along okay. That's why I thought that was quite an important win for them tonight as well, uh, just to keep them ticking over before they get a few 
a few of the easier teams. But um, they've got, in fact, well, they've got the draw Eduardo uh, Rodriguez uh, tomorrow for the Red Sox. Uh, I'm going to come on because I think he features in one of our picks as well. So yeah, good, good, good series this week, Munaf. Um, yeah. You've looked at the entire slate and you have a lock and a dog for us. Um, you can, you can go first cause we keep scuffling along at one and ones, uh, although our dogs keep hitting. So what did you pick out? Yeah, I'll start for my lock this weekend. I think it's just a series that we just mentioned between the Rays and the Yankees. I'm going to go with, Tyler Glass now going up against the Yankees on Tuesday. Um, like we mentioned, Yankees offense is struggling. We said that they only scored 10 runs against this Tigers. Oh, sorry, they've only scored 10 runs over the last uh, four games that they've played. I think they only mustered off six runs in this Tiger series. So a huge concern for me there uh, for the Yankees. And then Glass now face the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Back on April 17th, he won that start. Uh, he went five innings, two hits. Gave up only one earned run, seven strikeouts. Um, so I think he's going to be able to repeat that same performance and maybe do even better, go deeper in the game because his Yankees line, like we said, is continuing to struggle. They go up against uh, Dom- Domingo Hermine. Uh This season at home, he is 0-2 with a 4.50 ERA. He does have one start against the Rays this season. And it wasn't a pretty one for him. He only went four innings, gave up eight hits, four earned runs, and gave up two bombs in that um, in that game against the Rays. So I'm going to be taking Tyler Glass now against the Yankees on Tuesday uh, Tuesday night. And then for my dog, I'm going to go back to a guy that I backed. I believe it was last week or the week before uh, was John Gant going up against the Dodgers uh, this week. Uh, I'm just backing John Gant here because he has absolutely fantastic numbers. On the road this season, he has a 1.13 ERA overall, a 1.33 ERA during the day. Um, the Dodgers pitcher is undecided right now. Hopefully that news comes out, and I think that John Gantz, because he's going up against the Dodgers, should be a dog in this at this price or in this game. So, um, you know, it, it, for me, when I'm really looking at some of these pitchers, I really want to see how they're doing on the road. Because I think for me, especially when it's team or if it's a team or even it's a pitcher, I just want to see how this team performs on the road because I think that's a key indicator for me how good of a player or the team is. So I'm going to back John Gant against the Dodgers uh, once the price comes out or once uh, the Dodgers decide who's going to be opposing him in that game. So for my log, Tyler Class now versus the Yankees on Tuesday. And then John Gant, I believe, goes on uh, Tuesday also. So both of my games going off on Tuesday. Fingers crossed, no rain delays for me this time around because I yep. had some bad luck with that. But um, hopefully we can get that uh, 2 and no sweep there and uh, come back talking on Thursday that I got the Ws there. But those are my two picks for this uh, coming week to start the week. Yeah, I mean, you keep uh, we've backed John Gantt a few times, and why yeah. not? He keeps doing the business for us. He's a perfect example of what we talked earlier about the um, under the radar fantasy players like John Gantt would ne- would not have been drafted anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and if you were alert enough uh, on the waiver wire or in free agency with a couple of, uh, um, if you picked him up. Um, you've you've picked up some elite ratios um, for absolutely nothing. Um, my luck then. So we're going to Houston and Boston. Um, I think Akidi will be able to get the job done um, against Eduardo Rodriguez. He's Akidi. He's had a little spell 
on the IL. I don't think he's pitched since um, May the 10th. Mm. So not a long time off, but a little break. Um, but in his last four starts, he's got a 1.52 ERA and is 3-0 uh, in those starts. Uh, Rodriguez has been struggling a little bit. Uh, we weren't sure what to what to expect from him. The start of the season, he looked good and we thought we'd maybe get a decent season out. But that's just starting to wane a little bit. Uh, so I'm happy to take Houston. The, I mean, I looked at that whole series and you said that the overs might be might be a way to go. So the overs might be a good a, a good bet in this game. This, yeah. this has got the looks of like an 8-5 kind of thing uh, mm-hmm. about it. But I do, think, I do think Houston will get the job done. My yeah. second one, and I'm fairly sure this will be a dog moon off. You can... Uh, you can give me a pointer on this if you think I'm wrong. Would be uh, Dylan Cease against Shane Bieber, um, and this is on Monday. I think it's on Monday night. Um, so Shane Bieber's almost always a favourite when he goes off. Um, yeah. So I think he will be, even though even though um, the Chicago White Sox are a slightly better side. Uh, Dylan Cease has he had a couple of shaky starts but uh, his last two or three starts have been outstanding he had 10 Ks last time out he's now pitching to a 2.98 um, ERA Bieber is elite always goes off um, favourite but Cease, Cease can hang with him and the White Sox I just think what balances this out for me is the White Sox are a better team I'm really struggling a little bit with the Indians I've watched quite a few of their games uh, and I've used this system quite a few times where if there's not much of a disparity between the two pitchers um the, the better team can more often than not balance that out and then, in fact, tip it in your favour. So I think Cease will be a, um, a dog there uh, because Bieber will have to go favourite. Um, but Cease has been pitching really well. Uh, the White Sox, uh, a very potent offence. So hopefully, uh, Dylan Cease can get us over the line in them too. Uh, and they're my two picks, Moonaf. Um, is there anything else that we need to tell the people about? No, I think that's about wraps it up for this week, right? Uh, we got to a lot of stuff this week. I think this was a great episode. We got in a little bit of everything, shitting on the Yankees. <clears throat> uh, we talked about some of the great stuff that happened around the league, uh, what's coming up this week. But um, we're grinding here, man. It's going to be a long season. I'm, I'm glad that we're going to be able to talk about it twice a week, uh, every single week. And, um, you know, I know we're planning to get on Nick, and I want to get Will back. I think we'll probably do like a four-man show when uh, Nick and uh, Will are both available. So I think that one will probably be a more relaxed podcast and we just kind of kick our feet up and just talk baseball. Um, and, and that's going to be a fun podcast. But, you know, going back, just make sure to check out our picks again there on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Just hit that MLB tab. You'll see MLB picks and you'll be see our daily picks every single day from myself, Malcolm, uh, Nick and uh, Will Mormon. So uh, definitely check us out there and I'll be uh, putting out an article tomorrow for some player props for Memorial Day. And I quickly wanted to shout out uh, to all the uh, the veterans, the the guys in service for for what they do for our country here in America and giving us the freedom that we have. So, you know, shout out to, I know we have a couple guys in part of our SGPN network who have served um in some capacity to serve this country so thank you guys and thank you everyone whether it's your friends families that have really um served this country and and for those who fought for this country on and remembering them uh, memorial day here in the state so thank you thank you guys so much for 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 your service yeah absolutely moon if i echo that um tomorrow i'll be getting stuck into the belmont stakes is next saturday the third leg of the of the 
triple crown. So I'll be getting my, uh, I'll get my head into the into the runners and riders there. Uh, article probably go up on Tuesday, and then I normally join uh, Ryan and Sean for yeah. a pod later in the week. Talk a little bit of horses. Um, we got through a whole podcast without mentioning the cartoon horse. Yeah, but I think Ryan and Sean, we're going to try when we record the Belmont, we're going to try and coincide it with a live running. There you go. Of uh, of take a risk, the um, the glue pot uh, that we currently own. So, um, yeah, that's something to look forward to. So, um, have a look for the the Belmont article coming out this week. Uh, we've got a really a really good record. Um, I don't know how much of it is luck and how much is judgment, but over the last sort of eighteen months, we've had an outstanding record on the ponies. Uh, so get involved in that. Um, Cheers for joining me, Moonaf. It's been a pleasure as always. Yes, sir. Um, this is my first hungover podcast. Uh, so now at least I <laughs> know it's good. possible. Thank you very much. Man. I can't wait to go to bed, honestly. I'm going to be, by the time you've knocked this off record, I'll be in bed and asleep. That's not even, uh, that's not in doubt. So thank you very much. Enjoy your week's baseball. Um, we'll talk again on Thursday. Cheers, everyone. Have a good week and we'll see you down the road.